When you're in the market for a new car, you want a vehicle that conquers your daily commute, easily handles the elements, and looks great too. You need the reliability of a Toyota and the confidence that your investment will last. Why? Because after all the carpools, shopping trips, and weekends out, you want a car that still has plenty of miles left in it and holds its value for a great trade-in deal. That's where Toyota leads the pack as the number one resale value brand for 2024, according to Kelly Blue Book's KBB.com. So check out the all-new, fully redesigned 2025 Camry or test drive a stylish and affordable Corolla sedan or hatchback. And remember, when you choose Toyota, you're not just buying a car for today, you're investing in trade-in value for tomorrow. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals, for more. Vehicles projected resale value is specific to the 2024 model year. For more information, visit kellybluebookskbb.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company, Incorporated. Toyota, let's go places. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and ideas for how to build happier habits into daily life. This week, we'll talk about why you should give someone an unusual compliment, and Elizabeth reports on her battle with stress eating. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, outer order, and human nature. I'm in New York City usually, but today I have the luxury of being in the L.A. studio with my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And yeah, Gretchen, it's fun to have you sitting across from me. I know. We can vibe. Yeah. <laughs> so, Gretchen, you have been touring all over the U.S. Um, with your new book, Outer Order Intercom. How has it been? Oh, it's been so fun. Like, I love any excuse to talk about Outer Order. And <laughs> then... I really enjoy the Q&A period because it's interesting to hear what people bring up. Mm. Like a lot of people are bringing up the difficulty of dealing with items that are they're kind of inheriting, mm. either because someone has actually died or because someone's downsizing uh. or, you know, just things coming into your possession, things that have like family meaning or were important to somebody but not really important to you and how people are dealing with that. That's a big theme. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That can be its own book. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too. Like, a lot of people who get the book personalized ask me to write things like, you can do it. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I think some people are buying this for themselves, and then I think some people are planning to give it as, like, a gentle hint oh. for someone. I do get that impression. Sometimes it's the neat ones who are trying to give it as a gift. Well, that. and I know people have been sending you good wishes for me for the fix. So yes. thank you to everybody out there who's um, wishing us well. Yeah, a lot of people are mentioning it. Also, a lot of people have been saying that they're, you know, really fired up to clear clutter. And I love before and after pictures. So if you have some great before and after pictures or pictures of yourself clearing clutter <laughs> um, and you used a tip from Outer Order Intercom, please 
post them and tag me at Gretchen Rubin because I love to see those photos. You are a junkie. (laughs) And Elizabeth, this week our Try This at Home tip is to look for an opportunity to give someone an unusual compliment. I love this idea. How did you come up with this? Well, you know, it's interesting. It's something I've always sort of subconsciously thought about, but I didn't think about why this was helpful until somebody I met who's a fellow podcaster mentioned that one of the reasons she got into podcasting is from the time that she was very young, her grandmother always said, oh, you have such a beautiful voice. She would comment on her voice and she would say, oh, I want you to read aloud to me because I just love listening to you read with your beautiful voice. And this woman was saying, well, no one else had ever said that to her. And she didn't really, it wasn't something she thought of. But because her grandmother had always remarked on it, she really did think of herself as somebody who had like, I have a great voice. And she thinks that that was part of what led her into podcasting Mm. because it's something about the voice. And I thought, well, that's really lovely. This grandmother pointed out something that no one else had thought to comment on. Mm -hmm. And it really added something to this person's identity and their sense of possibility for themselves because they were aware of a strength that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise ever focused on. Well, have you gotten an unusual compliment? Well, here's an unusual compliment I got the other night. At a victory, somebody came up and said in a low voice, I just want to say you have great underclothes. Uh-huh. I'm like, I don't even know. What, I'm like, I guess that means I don't have like a panty line. But yes. um, yeah, I wasn't sure. I was like, <laughs> I had not thought of that. I'm glad to hear that's good. It is. You can have confidence standing up there now <laughs> knowing, well, you're, you know, you don't have any bulging. Well, it cro- has crossed <laughs> my mind ever since. So, I mean, I think that I just think it's nice. It's nice to think that, oh, I have good points. I didn't even, you know, I wasn't even, things I didn't even think about are going well. Well, one thing that's interesting, Gretch, because you brought this notion up to me the other day, unusual compliments. And so I sort of put it on myself to notice things I liked about people that I wouldn't normally articulate. Yeah. And so I was with my good friend, Amanda, and I said, you know, I love how when you hug people, hello, you're really hugging them It's not just this perfunctory Mm. thing, especially in L.A., you know, we're all about the air kiss. Whereas Amanda really means it when she hugs you. You really, she really seems happy to see you. Right. And it's nice. Yeah. Well, it's nice to point out something that she may not, she probably doesn't realize that she's different from other people. Or or it's nice to be appreciated, too. This is not just like, oh, I like your new haircut. It's like, I'm really noticing something about you. Yeah. One thing I think that's good about unusual compliments is that it might make someone feel more seen. Yes. Because it's like, oh, wow, this person is really noticing the next level of detail about me or noticing what really makes me different from other people. It's not just like, oh, cute top. Right. Well, and I think sometimes you're thinking these things, but now I'm really pushing myself to articulate them. Like I have my friend Julia. I said to her something that I've thought many, many times over the years, which is she has the most distinctive style of anyone I know. Like her mm. style is the most personal to her. It's the most consistent. It's a great style. And it's just very individual. And I never thought to tell her that, even though in my mind it was like something that I'd always associated with her. And it's probably nice for her just to realize, like, 
wow, somebody's noticing that I'm, right. I'm, you know, choosing these things and trying to put this identity into the world. And what I like about that is if she is, you know, particularly stylish in that way, it's clearly something she values. Yes. So it would mean something to her to get a compliment about it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and that's one of the things that's nice about this is that it's nice for two people. Yes. It's nice for the person hearing it because, as you say, they feel seen, they feel appreciated. Maybe they have a strength that they weren't recognizing. But it's also nice for you because it's a nice way to go through the world identifying kind of yes. these unusual things and looking for things to identify and remark on. It creates this feedback. You know, you're putting this good energy out into the world, and then that's going to bounce back on you, too. What's interesting is that it's something that could apply equally to strangers and loved ones. Yeah. You could tell a barista at Starbucks, you know, an unusual compliment, right. or your husband or wife an unusual compliment. Right. Anyone would appreciate it. Right. Or in the workplace. I mean, I think a lot of times people sort of have the things that they think they're good at and that they think they're not good at. But if you really point it out to somebody... You know, the way you use metaphor is really helpful because when you're explaining these abstract, complicated technical things, Mm -hmm. I feel like you're able to put it into terms that I can really translate because you're so able to use metaphor. It's like, you know, who's ever commented on your use of metaphor since, you know, since you wrote a paper in 11th grade or something. But then somebody would be like, hey, I'm really good at communicating complex ideas in a way that ordinary people can understand because of my command of metaphor, you know. In the workplace, that would really make you feel like you have this strength that maybe you didn't recognize, and then you can amplify it and, you know, uh, just feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah. So let us know if you do try this at home and what unusual compliment you noticed to give. Mm-hmm. Let us know on Twitter, Facebook, drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com, or as always, you can go to happiercast.com slash 216 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we get a happiness hack from my writing partner, Sarah Fain. But first, this break. There are some stories about our father's life that I truly never get tired of hearing, from hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting. His retelling of the events always brings me joy. Just in time for Father's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all his stories for our family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your father or father figure's life for years to come. And, Gretch, you get a book of all these stories. And I love just keeping a book on the coffee table and anyone from any generation can see a story from dad, like what was his favorite toy or what was his first job. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com happier. That's storyworth.com happier to save $10 on your first purchase. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. 
I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone who has a small business. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we are back with our happiness hack. And here with a guest happiness hack is my writing partner of 19 years and co-host of Happier in Hollywood, Sarah Fain. Yeah. Welcome, Sarah. I'm so excited. You're here with us in L.A. in the studio. This is so exciting. Yeah. Um, Okay, so you asked me to do a hack, and I am piggybacking on a hack that you have done previously, which was your bandolier hack, Mm -hmm. um, which is a case for cell phones, and it goes over your your shoulder. It's like a cross-body cell phone case for anyone who doesn't know that yet. Okay, so the bandolier is amazing. Yes. I'm going to take your bandolier. I'm upping your bandolier. All right. Bring it on. A pouch. Oh, how does that work? Okay. So you can get for your bandolier a matching pouch that just clips right on. To the strap. To the strap. Exactly. And so, like, I use it for hiking. I just put a house key and my car key in it, and it's, like, everything I need. I don't need to take a purse anywhere. Oh. That is pretty incredible. Or, like, if you're going to an event and you are thinking, I don't want to put my bag down because people are milling around, but then I have to carry it the whole night. Uh And I have to say, Sarah, yours is gold, which really looks nice. Like, you can wear that with something pretty dressy. Yeah, I used it for our fixed premiere party. I was wearing, like, a velvet dress, and I just had my, like, bandolier with my phone and my bandolier pouch. Well, also, one nice thing about having a small bag, and this is true for any kind of small bag, is it's the discipline. Because if you have a big bag, you just start dumping in everything, and the thing weighs, like, 40 pounds. But if it's small... It can't get too heavy because it's just small, and then it's easier to carry because of that. Oh. So I think that was episode 193 where we talked about bandoliers, if yeah. anybody wants to listen to our bandolier discussion. Yes. <laughs> yes. And this is totally unpaid. We I know. have no we connection have no with affiliation with, we just with love the bandolier yes. company. <laughs> yes. I am just so paranoid about leaving my phone behind at an airport that, yes. Oh, I can't wait. I am going to get that underwire that I am. I still am going to get it because I know that that is going to... Make me happy. You'll love it. And you'll put a picture, Gretchen. Oh, right, yeah, and I'll post a picture in the show notes. Sarah, thanks so much. It's so fun to get to see you. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Sarah. Yay. So, listen, now it's time for a Know Yourself Better question. And this is a very simple but interesting question, which mm. is, what is your favorite time of day? Mm. So, Elizabeth, what is your favorite time of day? Well, this one may surprise you because you probably think I'm going to say like midnight or after. <laughs> I've always been a night person. Yes. But of late, my favorite time of day is the morning, my first cup of coffee. Um, because I get up before Adam and Jack, like usually half an hour before they do. And I go out and I have a cup of coffee and I watch CNN and I play my phone games, uh-huh. and it's just very relaxing. And it's like the first thing I do, it just like is a little me time before the day starts. Ah. And I treasure that time. I'm very surprised because you're right. I would not have thought that you would enjoy the morning. I thought for you that was like a challenging time. You know, it's weird how I feel like I've become more of a morning person as I've gotten older. Well, 
that is actually probably the case. That research shows that whether you're a morning person or a night person is largely a function of age and also ah. genetics. So maybe you sort of genetically are more night, but then you're you're becoming more morning person as you get older. And I will say, if you're a person who's really interested in morning people versus night people, because I think this is a know yourself better yes. question, too, that we've talked about many times. Once again, I want to recommend the terrific book, Internal Time, Chronotypes, Social Jet Lag, and Why You're So Tired by Till Roneberg. It's a book that I think is really interesting just on the subject of morning people and night people. Well, what about you? What is your favorite time? Well, I don't think it'll surprise you because I am a morning person. <laughs> I really like the morning. And I think it's because I love routine. Ah. You know, maybe it's my upholder self. I really like things to be predictable. I like for things to happen in the same way. And just the fact about life is it's very hard to keep your whole day like that. But my morning is the most consistent part of the day. And so I really like that I get up. I take Barnaby out for a walk. I like to be out in the weather. Then I come back. Then I have a cup of coffee. I sit down at my computer. Like, I really I really like that. Second favorite, I would say, Ooh. when I'm working is lunch. Because ah. I really like the time when <laughs> I... I guess like, this is common. This is like the kid who says his favorite class <laughs> is recess. recess. <laughs> I know. But I love just, you know, I love... Being one thing I love about being a TV writer is the social aspect. So yeah. I really enjoy chatting with everyone and catching up on what everybody's been watching and the news and all of that. So I do love my chats. You know what's funny is I really like to eat by myself. Do you? So I really like the fact that because when I'm working, I usually am eating by myself. I mean, I like to have lunch with people, but I also kind of really often. Like it. And this leads to one of the reasons that I think this is a useful question to contemplate, because I think when you identify something as particularly pleasant, when you sort of say in your mind, like, "Ooh, I really love this time of day, you enjoy it more. And in the last episode, we talked about the power of saying, well, this is a treat. You know, this is a treat for me. It helps you notice your own pleasure. And I think when I say, "Ooh, I really love the chance to just like eat lunch by myself in my own kitchen, it feels I up the pleasure that I feel mm. because I've recognized it. That makes sense. And of course, Scratch, I think for anyone out there who is a new parent, they oh. probably like um, the time of day when their babies are napping. Oh, my. I remember when we went from the two nap a day to the one nap mm. a day, and I was like, how is this possible? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I also liked it when my two daughters were settled in bed at night. Mm. It just be it's such a cozy feeling, like yeah. everybody's sort of tucked into bed under your own roof. It just It's just a very lovely time of day. Yeah. I like when, because a lot of times Jack will sleep in our bed. So it's always nice when Adam, Jack, and I are all in bed together and going to sleep. That's a very cozy feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's a time that I think some people don't like. I like the feeling of coming home from a trip. Mm. I like the kind of unpacking and going through the mail and dealing with the newspapers and like seeing if we need something from the grocery store. Like I like that kind of settling back at home feeling. But I think a lot of people don't like that. They don't like the reentry, but I really enjoy it. Yeah, I think I always feel like I don't quite know what to do with myself. Yeah, feel, there is that feeling. I feel feeling. a little unsettled, like how to readjust to my routine. The first day in a place is always kind of like unsettled like that, I feel like. Whether I'm on yeah. vacation or coming home, it's, yeah. it's kind of hard to settle in. Well, this is an interesting question. I'll be curious to hear what people say about what their favorite time of day is. I wonder if there's like a clear winner. That would be interesting mm, to see. Yes. I'm guessing it's either... Before everyone else wakes up or after everyone else goes yes. to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Peace. Or lunch. Or lunch. Yes. 
And now it's time for a listener question. As always, you can leave us a voicemail question at 774-277-9336, which is also 77-HAPPY-336, or email us a question or a voice memo to podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Okay, today's question comes from Jessica. She says, I'm hoping for some advice regarding eating habits. I'm generally an abstainer. It's much easier for me to have no junk food than to have just a little. The problem is I love junk food. The idea of cutting it out completely is depressing, but I want to be healthier. I will eat healthfully throughout the week and then tell myself that I'll just have some treats on the weekend, but I end up going way overboard. Is there a way I can work with my abstainer nature and still enjoy unhealthy foods at times? I appreciate any insight. So I I have so many thoughts. We've talked about abstainer moderator um, many times. um, And so I will post a link to that in the show notes. Here's the solution for that, because it is I'm a total abstainer. And so I know that if you are an abstainer, it's much easier to just have none than to have a little bit. But then again, a lot of people don't want just she does doesn't want to face life without these things ever. So the answer is a planned exception. Mm. So a planned exception is when you make an exception in advance, Mm -hmm. you look forward to it, you keep your promise to yourself, and then you look back on it with pleasure because you've planned for it. Because what happens a lot of times is you're like, oh, I'm going to be so great. And then, oh, but I'm at this restaurant and they have this like their super special dessert. And how can I go without it? And so like on the fly, you change the rules for yourself. And then later on, you're like, oh, you know, why didn't I stick to whatever I had said I was going to do? Yeah, because it sounds like she's just sort of saying general weekends, which can be too much leeway. Yes. Sounds like she needs to say, oh, Saturday night when I go on this double date to this Mexican restaurant, I'm going to have chips and guacamole. Yes. Um, Rather than, well, on the weekends, I'll just like loosen up a bit. Yes, because on the weekends, that's not abstaining. You know, that because abstaining is really like you just don't have it. And the fact is abstaining, if you're an abstainer, abstaining is easier. It sounds harder, but it's actually easier. And so loosening up the rules regularly and broadly actually takes you out of what's helpful about being an abstainer. But the way you framed it is exactly right. It's a very specific occasion. It's Mm -hmm. not the weekend. It's like on Saturday night when we go out to this one place. And it's not when I'm there, I'm going to have anything I want. It's like I'm going to have this one thing that is like my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. They have the best guacamole in the world. Um, And then and so then you can really look forward to it because you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait. We're going to have such a great night. I can't wait to like sit down with those folks and have that great guacamole. And then looking back on it, you're like, oh, I enjoyed that. Because the fact is a lot of times like, you're like, oh, what did I even eat this weekend? I don't even remember. It's just like a bunch of stuff. It's like you don't look back on it with pleasure. It just wasn't even remarkable. Yes. I will say weekends um, with kids' birthday parties is such a trap for this. Okay. But can I just say, then don't say I'm not going to use children's yes. birthday parties as my exception. Because yeah. it's like it's pretzels. It's bowls of M&Ms. Yes. It's ice cream birthday cake. Like you're yes. not, you don't even know what's happening. You can't yes. look forward to it. Just stand away from it, you know, yeah. and don't take a plate. Now, Dad, our father, has a funny planned exception. I don't even know that he's kind of consciously articulated it, but I've noticed it. Because, you know, he's like me. He really eats very low carb, yes. and he's a like just skips a lot of that stuff usually. But I've noticed that he has what I would call the grandchild exception, which mm. is that if there's a grandchild around, he will go to Foos yes. and get the frozen custard. He will eat the cookie if we go to the farmer's market. Um 
But, you know, he's not around grandchildren all that often. Yes. And even then, it's usually like for one meal. It's like, oh, we're going to have a skyscraper at Winstead's. Right. It's not like the whole day long. He's like got his hand in a bag yeah. of chips or yeah. something. And so that's another way to have a planned exception. But the key is that it's planned mm-hmm. and that it's Finite. an exception. And it's an exception, right? Yeah. It's like holidays. You can't be like, well, I'm taking the holidays off. It's like it's a holiday. Right. Pick the day, pick the meal, pick the occasion, pick pick the treat. I just want to say again, like I know to a lot of people this sounds hard, but to an abstainer, this is actually easier. Yeah. Well, and if she reframes, like rather than, oh, it's depressing not yes. to eat junk food, because I am a fellow junk food lover. I yes. would eat nothing but junk food. Well, so would I, I if I didn't abstain from um, it. Is to, you know, the reframing, the free from French fries. Well, tell, it's yes. It's like, you know, it's like think of it as not depressing that you're not eating chips, but liberating yes. that you're not eating chips. Because they're not in your mind. They're not weighing. Yeah. It's just that boring buzz. Now, I remember the day when you said to me, now I'm free from French fries. And I almost like my knees almost buckled because yeah. I was like, my sister, the sage has spoken. So the I problem th- is I started eating a whole lot more chips, but oh, okay. we know that. <laughs> it's not as uh, alliterative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to think of a good slogan for chips. I hope that's helpful because this is something that comes up a lot because clearly many yes. people, they want to have these things occasionally, but they don't want the occasionally to become usually. Yes. So thank you for that, Jessica. Good luck. Coming up, I give myself, speaking of junk food, Gretchen, (laughs) I give myself an eating demerit. But first, this break. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So now it's time for Demerits and Gold Stars, and we alternate every other week. And Elizabeth, this is your week for Demerit. Yes. So, Gretchen, you know that I'm on my weight loss journey. My number for the year is six because I want to get my A1C to a six. I want to get back to a size six. I've also made my New Year's resolution to lose 25 pounds. So I'm really all about this right now. And I've been doing really well except for... Recently, with the show coming out, I have been stress eating. And as I'm doing it, I know I'm stress eating. Mm. 
And yet I'm doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking like, do I want some barbecue chips? Well, I'm really just stress eating. And then I go, oh, well, and then I eat them anyway. Yeah. And I don't want to, well, first of all, I want to keep losing weight and I don't want to, God forbid, gain back any weight. Mm -hmm. And so I know, and that's like what's really so important to me this year. I mean, I've really focused on this and made it a priority, getting my steps in. Like, I'm doing a lot for this. You're monitoring avoiding your blood going sugar. Out, yes, avoiding going out to lunch whenever possible. And so it's a huge happiness to merit. But mm -hmm. yet, I'm doing it anyway. Well, you know, I mean, this is something that I thought a lot about when I was writing Better Than Before, the book about habit change, is that when we're asking a lot of ourselves, it's just, it's hard to... Ask more of yourself. Like you're mm. under a lot of persistent, deep stress. Mm. There's a it's lot like of psychic existential yeah. stress. No, you full of dread. You're anxious. It's on your mind from the time you wake up in the morning to the time you go to bed. You're waking up in the night, so yeah. you're not sleeping the way you were. It's very wearing. And I think when you're under that kind of constant draining pressure, you do reach out. You want to get a charge and you want to kind of luxuriate in something. Yes. And it is hard. I mean, I think that's when it gets really, really hard. I think what I could do, I was thinking, is if it's night and I, you know, I want chips, what I should do is say, let me have a cup of tea. Mm. And if I still want chips, mm. I will have them. Yes. Because that's, there's nothing wrong with having a cup of tea. Worst case, I just put off having chips for 20 minutes. Best case, I've eliminated the desire by just waiting it out. Well, and that's the strategy of distraction, which mm. is that you do something to distract yourself. And a lot of time when you build in delay, kind of that impulse dies away because we think cravings just build and build and build. But a lot of times if you don't satisfy it, it's just like you get preoccupied with something mm -hmm. else. You wander back into your bedroom and you're away from the kitchen. And you just don't think about it again. So, so maybe I'll like implement the 15 minute rule. It's like if, if I want something that I know I really shouldn't have and that I'm eating just kind of to soothe myself, I'll say, okay, I can have it in 15 minutes. Well, and that's also good because you're not saying to myself, I can't. Right. You're saying, I can after I wait. And a lot of times during that period, those other things kick in to say, yeah. you don't really want those chips. Yeah. You really, like your big plan here is your resolutions and your number six and everything. Are there circumstances in your day that make it easier to avoid stress eating or harder to avoid stress eating? Yeah. Well, one thing I've noticed, Gretchen, if I exercise, especially like if I take a hike in mm. the morning, whether it's by myself or maybe with Sarah, I am on a much better path. I uh. think both because it actually works out some of the anxiety, the exercise, and because once I've done something positive, I want to stay positive. Yes. Whereas if I've been a lump all day, you know, it feels like I've blown it anyway. Right, right. So for sure, keeping the exercise up is a way to avoid stress eating. Well, this is something that many people comment on is like good habits build on each other in a positive way and bad habits build on each other in a negative way. Mm. And so as much as you can do to build your foundation, that's another one of the strategies of habit change. 
Um, well, I got to say, Elizabeth Crystal, you know, who helps me yeah. with engagement, she is not a stress eater. She's not like that at all. But she said that even she was stress eating because we were waiting to see if Outer Order Intercom had hit the New York Times oh. bestseller list, which is like a huge deal. I was like, oh, you know, everybody sort of like connected with the book was like, today's the day. Yes. We're going to hit the list. And she said that she was stress eating, which is very kind of out of character for her. So. I would love to know what Crystal stress eats. I know. I Probably know. like raw almonds. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It could be barbecue chips. We'll have to ask. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's something that a lot of people, it's a very, very common challenge. That's for sure. Okay, Gretch, that's my demerit. What is your gold star? Oh, I want to give a gold star to The Economist magazine. So The Economist magazine is a weekly magazine that comes out of the UK. It's super interesting. It's full of information. It covers a tremendous amount of range. We used to get it for years. And then, for you know how sometimes like you just like forget to yes. renew a subscription and whatever. And so we let it lapse for like a year, 18 months. And finally, I kind of noticed. And so we picked it up again. It's just very interesting and super informative. And I think in an era where a lot of people feel like the news is just flying at them and they can't mm-hmm. manage it, it's just like a very calm, analytical, information-dense way to read about a lot of interesting subjects, some kind of like very in the news and some things that like it was like the 150th anniversary of the periodic table of the elements. And I'm Mm. like, I'm actually very interested in that. (laughs) Um, And so if you're looking for something to kind of be informative Mm -hmm. and also kind of entertaining, very well presented, the problem with weekly magazines, it's like if you get The New Yorker, it's like, oh, my gosh, it feels oh, like yes. they come every day. But I really recommend it. I feel like it's really something that gives me a lot of pleasure and I feel like keeps me informed in the world in a way that's very pleasurable in a time when sometimes people feel like they're inundated with news. And you can always get the online version if you don't want to add to your physical clutter. <laughs> We're so old-fashioned, we still get the paper one. Um, but yes. Um, And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Give someone an unusual compliment. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. Also, thanks to our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you like the show, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. The resources for this week. If you are interested in the Four Tendencies Framework and you would like to present an in-person workshop to a bunch of adults um, to talk about the Four Tendencies, like at work or with a healthcare practice or among teachers or friends or whatever... You can go to workshop.gretchenrubin.com for all the information related to the Four Tendencies Workshop. And, you know, we were talking earlier about Better Than Before, my book about habit change. And if you're intrigued by that and you'd like to read a free sample chapter to see if it's a book that you would like to read, um, you can download a free sample chapter at GretchenRubin.com slash resources. And Gretchen, we have to remind everybody that we're doing live shows I believe there are still some tickets available. Milwaukee, Detroit, Minneapolis, come see us. Yes. I feel so fancy. I know. I can't wait to meet listeners. I know. It's going to be fun. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward.
So, Sarah, what I really want to do is come clear clutter at your house. My house would be like a carnival for you. I know. I know <laughs> that. I'm like, my, I'm like, look at my chops. Watch out. Elizabeth will tell you. My happiness bully sets in. I'm, I'm coming over. And she's relentless. She won't I stop. Know. That's the thing. It doesn't matter if you're about to drop dead. I She'll know. just keep going. <laughs> From the Onward Project.